So what's up everybody? Welcome to one, two. Kind of the fourth episode of this podcast. I don't know. I don't know actually. And uh, it's been a while. I was supposed to make a recording last week, but you know, this week, this week, earlier this week, I think my podcast, I do release it on Tuesdays, but ah, I was not kind of in the mood, so <laughs> I'm here today and I have a guest. <coughs> a guest. Remy with me here and I don't know I think today we just want to talk about a lot of things but specifically it boils down to religion I called him over because I told him I told Yabi or Jesus I hope you don't mind you get so <laughs> I hope you guys don't also mind the content he's a Christian I'm not I'm an atheist but I think we just want to have open conversations about our belief and about uh, how you guys get into your divinity or into your discovery of god and why i haven't gotten that experience so i'll just give you a little background like story about me i think i did that in one of my episodes but i've 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 looked for the almighty god that they always proclaim to me on a daily basis i have a mom who is so spiritual and prays for me like i, I thank god for her <laughs> <laughs> basically i have family and friends and people who always keep me in their thoughts and their prayers for god to capture my heart one day but <clears throat> really i've also been doing my own research i've also been doing my own i, I don't know if god is, is in the books that they claim he is i would have found him in those books and if he's in the prayers i i know how to speak in terms of very well i can kabash three hours non-stop i can do that i've been a music md i've led praise worship i play keyboard i've been in one trance-like state but i've not been able to find so I don't know if you guys if Remy maybe Remy can lead me to Christ today and I will give my life to Jesus and drink the holy blood or something maybe I will get I'll get the calling but I don't know so this my first my question is how do you know because we know that there are different religions I know that in I don't know I think they are about 18,000 gods that people have served over the history as, as much as we know. Maybe maybe they might have served more gods but what we know currently is about 18,000 that have been worshipped. So how do you now place that? Okay, Amongst those 18,000 my own is, is, is the one true god because it's one thing to grant, okay, the earth was created by God. Okay, that's good. Okay, we can grant, okay, the earth was created by God for this purpose of, for the sake of an argument. But I don't believe in creationism. But then if we now grant, okay, the earth was created by God, how do we now declare, okay, amongst these 18,000 gods that have been proclaimed, this particular one was the one that was responsible for this creation? How, how do we get from that point to that point? Firstly, hi everybody. And secondly, this question he asked is a debate for ages in the sense that for the people that have found God or for the people that God has spoken to them or whatever God to serve, it's between them and their faith. Do you understand? 
Like, I will not come and beat my chest and say that the God of Abraham is the one true God and all other gods are false gods. The Greeks have their own God. The Muslims, even though Muslims is a bit as major similarity to Christianity. Um, Islam has major similarity to Christianity. They're together. But no, I would not come and beat my chest and say that my God is different. In the sense that when, as a human being, when you worship, when you worship, whatever God you feel is talking to you. You understand? Well, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the leg here saying this. You understand? But if you're worshipping... Zeus, or if you watch even Hades or Poseidon or Buddha, whatever you worship, as you worship, you f- if people that say that they, they have felt that divinity in them, like Christians will tell you that as they worship God, the Holy Spirit is in them, the Holy Spirit is occupying them, the Holy Spirit is filling their body as human beings. You understand? That is that is that is how they believe, and that's how they know that okay, this God that I, I am worshiping is true. I am speaking for myself as a Christian in the sense that I know what Christians feel. Or I won't tell myself that I felt it before because as a human being, if you do not question things around you, especially things like this, I don't think this life is worth living if you're not able to question. But at the same time, if you have felt this divine spark or this divine divinity in your life, it should be it shouldn't touch you that much or it shouldn't press anybody in the sense that you as a Christian, you felt this divinity. You know that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit exists so in your head it should be that jesus christ and god there's a one true god that is the god you serve and i cannot speak for other religions that they feel the same thing too that's and that's how that's my answer to the question basically okay so if i if i will ask because me i'm like okay if we can grant that okay you have your own feeling and that your feeling is a personal conviction conviction to you that tells you okay yes this god exists and this god is the true one and we now have okay granted that okay we have thousands of religions out there and all those people feel the same thing that you feel but they also attribute it to their own different deities there's something we can see here we can see that there's a similarity amongst all of them meaning they feel something but these things are being attributed to different things. Now, if people believe that there's just one God, then that means the 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 other things that or the other people, one one, every, everybody must be mistaken except one. <laughs> yes, that's that's what it implies. Because if you say there is one, then it means okay, every other person is mistaken except one. Okay, so if we now grant that okay, every other person is mistaken but one. How do we now come to the conclusion, okay, this particular one, if everyone feels the same thing but attributes it to a different thing, can't we look for a natural explanation to say, okay, all these things that you are feeling is a psychological effect of this kind of state. When you have music, when you have, um, when you are open to suggestion, then when you are in a group called group solidarity, there's this kind of aura that is that sparks up a psychological um response that a group of people 
respond or react or flow in a particular way if you go to a music concert whether it's a christian music concert you hope everyone is in the spirit they are la ba la ba riba like everybody is like in the vibe they are in the groove they are like oh the lord is touching me and they are crying and yeah and you go to a michael jackson concert it's the same thing when michael jackson is on the stage and you ow you see everyone is like Michael, 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 touch me. They are dying. (laughs) They are painting. So, they they are falling under what in the Christian says we call the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. But these guys do not display the power of the Holy Spirit, but they have the same effect that a pastor or a man of God we have over his congregation because they stir up the same emotions or the same psychological response that a pastor will stir up in his congregation. So, why can't we just come and say, okay, this is a psychological response. This is the condition that has to be met to stir up this response, and this is the result that it's going to bring. So, if we come to that conclusion, that it happens not just in Christianity, it happens anywhere to a group of people then we can say, okay, there's a natural explanation to these things rather than linking it to a spiritual ecstasy or something of that sort. Yeah. I understand your point. Firstly, he just wanted to tell you people that the Holy Spirit is just a psychological response. That just your mind playing tricks on you in case, in case, in case the English was getting, was getting in your head. Let me, see, let me bring it down for that. It's exactly what he said. The fact is, you cannot trust human beings. That's the thing. You cannot trust human beings. I'm a historian, and it will tell you that throughout the form of history, human beings have added their personal feelings into everything. Henceforth, you necessarily don't know what's correct in history, even if it was written. And you can't say something is correct until you are there to witness it, and there's no time with you for you to go back. So what I'm trying to say is, he said that people in the church in the gathering there's this aura that affects you and it's true in the sense that when you see someone in the spirit you as a christian you'd want to feel that same thing too hence you opening yourself therefore you feel in that spirit you understand he calls it an aura i call it the spirit that's two different set of beliefs because he's being practical about the entire situation and i'm not but another thing is that there, and that's why I, I led with this statement that you cannot trust human beings. You cannot trust human beings. But at the same time, there are people that will tell you that in their own person, they prayed, they called God, and God answered them, and they felt that Holy Spirit, not because people were around them, not because a pastor laid his hand on them, you understand because you made mention to yeah fine you see people faint in the concerts and everything and cry and everything and feel this energy from there because it's definitely surreal but how do you explain people individuals feeling that energy by themselves you understand you can just sit down and pray and that energy will come to you for the people that get the part that I'm coming from for the people that have knelt down to pray and say that okay Holy Spirit, don't touch me. Holy Spirit, don't touch me. Okay, I'm feeling a divine presence around me. Would you say that it's also a psychological aura or vibe that making them feel what they feel at that moment? 
okay so i will still say it's a psychological um effect because i also went through all this phase this room that i'm recording here this room has been a room of prayer (laughs) (laughs) see i have been in so many i i i i I did have prayer sessions when i wake up in the morning i attended koza so commonwealth of the said they have we have this morning meet by seven o'clock we pray till eight it's, it's a one hour thing or six to seven six to seven or seven to eight so i did my prayers every morning and after the general prayer with the church i did my own personal prayer three o'clock in the afternoon i did my prayers eight o'clock in the night i did my prayers 12 a.m i did my prayers consistent, so i was very <laughs> i was so into this i had a group that we called royal priesthood where i share the word with them teach them tell them okay when everyone, anyone's having a problem i do talk to them and give them bible verses to read i pray with them that was how deep into this stuff i was so if you if we're talking about personal i think it's conformity and it's practice now if you are told right from when you were young that anytime you touch something with your left hand you have to wash that left hand if not so 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 kind of thing is going to happen to you growing up with that kind of mentality whether it be true or not when you touch something with your left hand you are going to wash it because you believe that this kind of thing or the explanation that it gave to you or the consequences that was met out to you is going to happen when as a matter of fact it wouldn't so there's this thing we have is that when we pray there's a certain thing we expect because that is what we've been told to expect so when you read your bible the churches and they tell you okay when you pray you have to wait for god to speak to you and um, god is going to answer you and you are going to feel this presence and all those things are suggestibility they've been suggested to you that this is what is going to happen when you do this and with time when you practice because i'm sure the first time you prayed you didn't feel it you did you didn't feel shit but then when you do it over and over again your mind starts to trick you that you are actually feeling something when you are not that's one so at that Se- moment when you're praying alone you're open to suggestion you're open to suggestion <laughs> because you have already you already know the results that you are waiting for you are waiting for a voice to speak to you and definitely there's something they say they say when a man searches for something too much he's going to find it and you know why you're going to find it because you are going to look for any excuse to agree that oh this kind of thing happens and you see it in people who are so in love with people it's it, because in, in order for you to pray to god and kneel down and all that you you have to give up this love vibe that oh, i'm in love with god I'm, I'm that and this and you see when people are in love with people they lose their their minds you can see a person who is in love with a guy the guy is maltreating them but they still believe that this guy is a good fellow because they expect something from him and they are going to bend reality to that expectation. So it's a psychological thing. That is what I would say. It's a psychological thing. When I prayed, I prayed about my business one time and I said, I want to quit this business, but 
I don't know, Holy Spirit, speak to me and show me if I'm going to quit this business. And coincidentally, I texted my pastor that day and he replied. Beyond the fact that Ibo does not reply social media like that, he's verified. Why would he just search? I'm sure a thousand people, a thousand and one, would be sending him text. And he replied immediately. And then I talked about my business and he said, See, when the Lord is leading you somewhere, sometimes you just have to follow, forget your own, and just give in to his will. And after that, I read meaning into that thing. But when I left religion, I felt like that shit wasn't any confirmation. But to me at that point, I felt like, wow, if I had prayed and I texted him and he replied at that point, then there's a, there's a meaning that to it. Yeah, yeah, that made him to reply to me and stuff. But then I was not thinking later when I left religion, okay, what if I had not texted, I had not prayed and I still texted and he still replied? At that point, what if he was free at that point? What if he just entered his message inbox and my message popped up and he replied, What if? So I believe through what we can we can test and we can see that because when um, other religious people pray or get into this mode of meditation, they also feel a thing. They also feel answers to their prayers. Everyone says they, they get answers. Even people who worship Juju that you guys, many Christians believe, it's false. It's, it's, and even people who believe, oh, Juju things don't work. Like me, I don't, I don't believe Juju works. And then they believe, oh, these Juju things don't work. If you meet a Juju man, they will tell you, oh, they also ask Rumila or Shongo and they got what they expected. The reason why they got what they expected to me, I will tell you, is cause and effect. Because I actually tell people, cause doesn't equal effect. If, as a child, I was growing up, I always, like, raise up my hand, and they bring the light, I'll be like, ah, you see, I raise up my hand, and I if I bring light to, you get And But I got to understand when I was growing up that, even if I had not raised up my hand, if never I was going to bring light at that particular time, they were going to bring it at that particular time. It had nothing to do with my hand raising. So I now tell people, okay, the prayer and the answer, it has nothing to do with the prayers because if that thing was going to happen at that point, it was going to happen at that point. So, but we now attribute the answer or the effect to that particular cause. Do you understand? So that is the position. That's my own position on it. Actually, so, <laughs> so yeah, in this life, everybody's looking for something to believe in. Looking for something to believe in, like it or not. As a human being, because there's something you, people even fail to understand is before people, most eight people turn into atheism or be what they are exactly, they've actually looked for a cause to believe and they found none. Then you now look for a practical reason to explain everything to yourself but the fact is as human beings there's so many things that we cannot explain even i forgot the way the man explained itself, explained itself evolutionists there's two types of people in the world mainly presently now the evolutionists and the creationists the creationists are the one that god created heaven earth and everything then there's the evolutionists that the whole started with the big bang you understand or how do i put it Yep. I think I think there's a misconception and misunderstanding when it comes to evolution. The thing is, creationists tend to explain 
they don't tend to explain because they can't even explain it. They just say, okay, God created the heavens and the earth. They are saying the earth is created. Now, evolutionists aren't saying the earth isn't created. That's not what they are saying. Neither are they saying, or neither are they explaining how the earth came to be or how the universe came to be. Evolutionists are just telling you, this is how we evolve because the word evolve is different from beginning. You don't, something doesn't begin. Something beginning and something evolving are two different things. You could be you, Remy, as Remy, and 30 years' time, you change into a different person. And be like, oh, you're the evolution of Remy okay. doesn't mean the beginning of Remy. It means how Remy transitioned from a particular state to another state. So when people hear evolution, they feel like evolutionists are trying to kill their God and saying, oh, there was no beginning. But no, evolutionists are just saying, this is how man began to this. Thing. And your explanation of creation that, oh, it started from the Eden and this thing, and the earth is 6,000 years, doesn't correlate with the data that we have. Yes. But the crazy thing is... <laughs> The crazy thing is that my career started from somewhere. Like, you know, not. My career started from somewhere. And this was a certain group of people that came together, like you said, to evolved and became what they are right now, become the community they are right now. You understand? And I feel, at the same time, that's why it's, it's quite understandable, you understand? Because Egypt, being one of the oldest civilizations in the world, when they started together, when they came together to form their community, there was no God guiding them. They won't say that there was a God at that moment. It was later when they were able to make writings, the Egyptian hieroglyphic, hieroglyphics, if I pronounce it correctly, that's when they were able to like make the Ra, Sun, God, um, Anubis, all the gods that they have. You understand? So quite alright, fine. People are we're not trying to say that. Fine and simple. Human beings are not trying to like, or Christians rather, are not trying to say that. They started from somewhere, or they started from somewhere, you understand? But the fact is that they're trying to like put their beliefs that out there that in the Bible, in Genesis, it was written that God was created. God created the heavens, created that, created the whole place of seven days. And to be very honest, telling an actual human being that's just giving birth that God of that, like a full-grown human being that wasn't exposed to religion their whole life, that the a specific being woke up in the morning and created the oceans in one day and created the earth in one day and created animals in one day and created human beings in one day you just look stupid to that person you understand and that's what fate is you understand there's heavy stupidity when it comes to this thing in the sense that people tell you that fate doesn't need a reason but the thing is that if you reason this thing you're doing it doesn't make any sense you understand it doesn't make any sense but the fact that as we go forward in life and when we believe in this entity, in this deity of God, that it exists, like it or not, I don't know if it's psychological, but I know that what I have felt over the years, you understand, it may be psychological, but I don't know. But the fact is, what I've felt over the years is just crazy in the sense that this thing happened and this thing just became new to me and this feeling just became new to me and it didn't happen because I was searching for something it didn't happen because I was I was like oh my God should just reveal himself to me now let me just know that this God actually exists you understand because if you check most things most people try to search for God to find God you understand and 
honestly speaking, people will say that okay, you found God. Why has why isn't that me that I am here? <laughs> it's it's crazy. That me that I'm here. I did not find that God. I did not find that God. It says that all makes me better than that person. Or is it that I pray more than that person? Is it that I study the word more than that person? Or just God just found favor in me? I don't know. I don't know to be honest. I really, really don't know. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Let me use that one and console myself. The Lord works in mysterious ways. If you've not found God, eh, I encourage you to keep trying. But at the same time, I will not stop you from questioning if it actually exists. Because let me not lie to you. Even behaviors pastors that are just starting, or the heaviest people that go to church every day, they tend to try to understand why it's different, you understand? Because the Bible tells you that call his name, he will answer you. And he, and he said, servants of God, you understand? And if you check in the Bible, there are references where the children of God called God's name and God answered them immediately. And there are various examples in the Bible scattered throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you understand? But there are situations where, as a Christian, we know our heart is true. We know that we love God. We're not Christians because we don't want to go to hellfire. We're Christians because we want to, you understand? Because we want to love God and want to worship God and we believe in and we felt Him. But why is it that when we when we call God or when you, you call God, God doesn't answer you? Everyone knows I don't know the answer to that question. I really, really don't know the answer to that question. But like I said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. So, if God can come to you, fine. If God doesn't come to you, that's the part that I know that I cannot explain in the heartbeat. I cannot explain. I cannot explain why God chooses to answer this person's prayer and God refuses to answer this other person's prayer. I cannot choose why God made this person a billionaire and why God did not make me a billionaire. You understand? Because some people, their favor just comes like this. You don't even know when it comes. It just comes from nowhere. You understand? And they'll come and say, thank God. And you, you're not reason that God. I don't understand. Me and brother Daniel, who got to church to worship together, we attend prayer band meetings together, we used to do the same thing together. God, I even know that I saw money on the road and brother Daniel picked the money and me had not picked the money. <laughs> you understand? But 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 bad as it bad, I did not judge Brother Daniel, but I'm just saying that God, why is it that Brother Daniel is the one that is making this money instead of me? You understand? You question yourself and you ask yourself things like that. And that is where you will purposely come to the conclusion that there is no God, that you've just been beating yourself up all this while. You understand? But the fact is, Christianity will still encourage you. <laughs> we still encourage you that. Go deeper. <laughs> Go deeper into the world. Study the world. Your time is come. And that's what the life psychology will come. Like Africans will tell you, Nigerians especially will tell you that this life now come by turn. Today is your turn. And tomorrow is the stop. But the fact is, in this life, your turn may never come. <laughs> actually, actually, actually. <laughs> the fact is, in this life, your turn may never come. It will never come. If you keep living with that philosophy that, oh, well, the day with this guy collects, we never collect. Never. Never. That's not the philosophy to live your life with. But that's just the thing. It is left to you as a human being now. Do you want to believe that one man chose to sacrifice himself? for you and died for your sins knowing the selfish nature of human beings because I know that there are very very few people that will actually put their life on the line for people that they are not related to by blood or they do not care about 
it was very very hard for you to see and as a human being he naturally our sense because if you check almost all the political leaders freedom fighters throughout their lifetime when they had the chance to jack back the jack back everybody ran for safety everybody covered themselves nobody stood freely and they were arrested now so mandela bad as about doing in time he run up and down fact is you understand and she was a man of virtue according to what we've been what we've been shown. So if you're trying to say if you want to use that logic now and like comfort yourself that Jesus Christ is there, he died for my sins and everything, you go hard. It's very, very hard. But the thing is as a Christian, but as about that spirit that God does it God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that spirit is supposed to be there to comfort you. You understand? And personally if you don't feel that spirit, I don't know what to say. It's on you. I won't say it's on you, it's on God. <laughs> it's on God. Because quite, quite frankly, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. But just that spark of divinity in your life that will make you believe. You understand? Fact is, what they is, to be honest, if they show if they get that divine spark in their life, or if they see something supernatural, they're, they're the ones that will become more devoted Christians than everybody. You understand? Like before we started this podcast, I was even at the point of Paul, Saul that turned his that changed his name to Paul, Apostle Paul of the Bible. You understand? He wasn't a Christian. You understand? He was a Pharisee. Because back then, like he explained to me that the Pharisees were different from the Christians. And they were the original people that believed in the law of Moses and everything. You understand? Where he met Jesus on his way to Damascus. He became an apostle that even wrote parts of the Bible. More than people that were actually already there. They were already Christians from day one. Like, they were Christians, you understand? He even surpassed the one Christians because in the Bible, he said that God arrested him and he saw Jesus. And he saw proof that this human being exists or this spirit exists. That there's actually someone that is the child of God, that's the direct son of God, exists. You understand? That is why he became an apostle and that's why he became what he is at the same time so that's the fact if you are able to feel that divine presence in your life i'm very sorry you won't be able to go back you won't be able to go back it's very very hard to go back in fact if you feel become pastor pastor they go in, to be honest but if you've not felt that divine presence in your life i'm very sorry you are okay to think whatever you want to think that's just it. You're able, it is perfectly justified to think what you've been thinking all this while. So that's basically. Okay, so if I'm if I'm going to be speaking on divine presence and all of that, like I used to tell people, I say Paul is the biggest karma of all time. <laughs> See, like I don't know. There's there's nothing anyone wants to tell me. Paul was the biggest con artist to ever exist in human history. Because how Paul infiltrated the Christian sect is something to be studied. Because I would know I would tell you the truth. He said Paul wrote some most of Paul wrote seventy percent of the New Testament. <laughs> that guy was a badass con artist. He was so he was so good at conning. He had even told them, "Well, you guys don't even know Christ like me." Paul always made his teaching as though his teaching was the authority. Like, no, 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 you guys lived with Jesus when he was the human. See, I mean, I saw him when he was divine, like. From heaven, there was this aura that touched me. Did you guys feed it? No, he was feeding me fish and bread. He fed me 
divine lights. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I feel that guy was the biggest con artist. Because, and even when you even look at the, uh, the Bible, because if we're using the Bible as, uh, as reference, because me, I don't usually use the Bible to debate the Bible because it's kind of appeal to authority. It's like me and you debating um, Harry Potter as a real character, and you telling me, oh, in Harry Potter, they said, and I'm like, but we are debating if Harry Potter is a real character. Harry Potter was in real yeah, life. Yes, it was a real person who existed because the only places we have reference to this Jesus guy performing these kind of things and dying and resurrecting is in the Bible. So using the Bible as a reference is kind of an appeal to authority and usually in a very strict debatory uh, scene, it is not accepted to use that because like, I will not lie. I'm, I'm just a very respectful person, but Honestly, I don't give a fuck what they say in the book. Like, actually, I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't. I don't give a fuck about one thing that is said there. But um, if we were looking at the Bible, we look at okay. The only attestation to the life of this Jesus figure coming and dying and resurrecting is only in the bible we don't have external attestation the only external attestation we have is from josephus josephus was a first uh, was a um yeah was a first century ce historian who talked about the antiquities of the jews was a book he wrote and he talked about how um titus flavius uh, took destroyed the temple in 70 ad and took over jerusalem because Josephus' original name was Josephus Barmatias. He was, he was the he was the leader of a Jewish rebellion against the Roman Empire. But after he was defeated, he was taken as a slave because he was taken. He was the leader, and when he was taken as a slave, he was to be executed. But Josephus told um, uh, Vespasian Flavius, which was the lead commander, that he was going to become the emperor of Rome sometime. That he was a prophet. And Vespavian kept him because he felt, okay, let him see if this guy's prophecy will come true. And actually, when Julius Caesar died, Vespavian took over Rome. And so Josephus was adopted to become a, a Roman, not just a Roman, but he actually changed his name to Josephus Flavius. He became like the son of... Um, of Vespavian, so he will, he now became a Roman. So he wrote about the antiquities of the Jews and stuff. And when Josephus wrote, the only thing he talked about Jesus, he said there was this guy called the Christ. He was called the Christ, and it was said of him that he performed some extraordinary things. He was killed, but he never mentioned him being resurrected and stuff like that and all of that. So that was the only attestation we had outside of the Bible. So in history, when you are looking at history, there are some things you have to look for. If it was a natural occurrence that so Jesus killed two men with a sword, it makes sense. There's nobody that's going to question the thing, but there's something about there's a very popular saying. It says extraordinary claim requires extraordinary evidence. So if a God is going to make people believe that, oh, he splitted the sea, or one guy he gave power to his dada, drag lion mouth and carry the city gate on his back. <laughs> he has to give us 
some extraordinary evidence that that when people are looking for the antiquities of this thing, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's true. Like, this kind of shit actually happened because there's an evidence to show. But when there's no evidence but just tales, how do we now believe this such, these things? Because we have um, talks on Zeus. Oh, Zeus created the heaven. He came into the earth. He gave, gave birth to this person via sleeping with this woman. He turned into a swan. He blah, blah, blah. He puts um, this guy in his thigh and Athena was removed from his head. Yeah. And all these things are claims and claims and claims and claims. And we don't treat them as real. We just treat them as mythologies, as Greek mythos as Roman mythos, Egyptian mythos. But then we now beg the question. That's what they call begging the question. You beg the question when it now comes to Christianity. Or you give a special plea that, oh no, all these other things are extraordinary. And they are mythology, but our own that is extraordinary. No, it's not mythology. And we're like, why? You say, oh, because our book says so. But those other guys also have their books. So how do you now come to the conclusion that, okay, what is in our book? Is actually true, and what is in those guys' books is a lie. When you guys just have stories and no proof to show that your stories are real, you get. So that is my own problem with 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 it. I I I, I once told somebody. I told somebody. I said the best, the worst thing anybody can sell to you is religion. I said, and you know why? Because they sell you a product, an invisible product, a god. And when the product doesn't work, they blame you. Oh, you're not doing it well. Oh, it's not your time. Oh, you need to fast more. Oh, you need to pray more. Oh, drink holy water. Drink anointing oil. Drink this. (laughs) 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 Rub yourself with this one. Use a salm inside the water. Bathe with it. Do this one. Oh, your husband is not uh, financial. This thing. You have to do seven days on a climb mountain. Wear white. Okay. And they keep on pushing the goalposts for this product. But in real life, when a product is sold to you and a product doesn't work, you return it back to the manufacturer. Oh, you gave me a microphone, but the microphone doesn't work. When I speak, I don't hear myself from the speaker. So either the microphone is bad or the amplifier is bad, but there's something that is wrong with the product and not my voice because I project. So that is how you check out if products are actually working. But when it comes to spiritual products, there's no way to check if that spiritual product is faulty, is bad, or the, cannot perform the way the seller said it's going to perform. So you only work on speculation. Oh, it might be. It is not my time. Um, God knows best. He doesn't want it for me. Then you start giving explanation for why that product is not working rather than looking to the manufacturer and say, okay, why is this product not working? Make this product work. That is your job as the manufacturer. You are selling me a product. You have to give me an instruction. You give me an instructional guide. I follow the instructional guide and it doesn't work. And then you tell me, no, it's not my time yet. It doesn't work like that. You give me a TV. I press the remote. I turn it on. I plug it to the electric circuit. There's the light. I switch it. It doesn't come on. Your product is bad. It's that simple. So I, 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 I always look for the natural explanation to things rather than tilting towards the supernatural. I had a conversation with a friend some days ago and he was talking about the Bermuda Triangle and okay, it seems kind of um, supernatural that things, ships get this missing there and, uh, and aeroplanes get to, they like disappears there and I'm like, you are looking for a supernatural explanation, that's why you gave it a supernatural explanation. There are more natural explanations. It's a very 
it's is a route that is constantly being used and you if if on a road two million cars pass in a day it's not going to be surprising if 10 cars get an accident it's a natural thing it can happen there and i told we talked about magnetic north poles and geographical north poles agonic lines i don't want to bore you with all those stuff so i explained those stuff and told him how compasses are sometimes not reliable depending on them and that area has a very good great magnetic pool it could affect some kind of things so i told him these things have natural explanations but there's something that we have come as human beings to agree to we cannot explain it therefore supernatural and if these were the explanations that science had given us we wouldn't have come to the level of technological advancement that we have attained today because we would have been like oh well metals can't fly we should just use dog uh, donkeys and we should use horses just imagine someone coming out of a club with his horse <laughs> We're like joe what's up you can go outside and go house then then you want to travel you want to travel to to um, lagos tomorrow and then you use two weeks riding horse like fam we wouldn't have come to the level of technological advancement if we do not question if we do not look for solutions to problems that we felt we didn't have answers to and that's my problem with religion i think religion limits people because people have already given up on things oh if god does not do it no man can and that is a limitation on one's Divesting. If if the the Bible says, oh, the earth is this, the earth is that, the firmament above this, the and we would not have discovered, oh no, the earth is spherical, or we can actually go to space because I mean, people were just building the Tower of Babel and they were knocked down, changed to Igbo outside Europe. I think that's why we're having tribalism in the country currently. <laughs> because I don't know, but then now people are building buildings like Burj Khalifa that is 10 times higher than that and they were in knock down and and, and con- their language were confused so like to me in order for me to believe religion i would tell people in order for me to believe because at least god knows the heart of every man so he knows what i'm supposed to he knows what he's supposed to do me i have a very simple thing hi i'm god i created you simple that's what I want. He could just come and tell me, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, what did I do around 3 or 5 a.m. when I was six years old? And then he t- ah, tells me, I know you before you, I formed in your mother's womb. And then he gives me one kind of, I'm like, oh, yeah, God, clap me, my guy. I, I agree. It's that simple because um, I, I'm just, if I'm going to rant, I will just rant and rant and rant and look at biblical scriptures that do not correlate with history or look at biblical scriptures that do not correlate with conform to reality and it's just all not going to make sense at the end of the day because my conclusion about God is God didn't create man. Genesis chapter 1 would have been in the beginning man created God and that would have been a very lovely story we would have okay yeah the writers did great but assuming and saying god created man and these guys came up and gave us a lot of things that do not correlate with the idea of god we have because i know as a person remy do you believe in slavery that people should be enslaved and no, that? but in the bible 
God actually gives out instructions on how the Israelites can make people slave for life and pass them as properties and inheritance to their generations. That's one part of the Bible was that. That's a dictionary. That's, in the, dictionary. That's the law of Moses. By who? Who gave Moses the law? <laughs> okay. Okay. This is the part where this is the this is the tricky part of the Bible. You understand? Let me be practical as possible. There are two parts of the Bible. There's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. When Lot's wife turned into salt, I know you question <laughs> I know you question that when Lot's wife turned into salt, how his children were able to procreate and give and bring I don't even know what led me to ever read that part of the Bible one day self. It was now they created the Ammonites and some other what's it called some other communities. You understand? It was when they slept with their father. You understand? The first daughter lied with her father, gave him wine, lied with him. The second daughter lied with him. It was two daughters he had a bit, lied with him. So that's how they were able to create what's it called. And they did it several times and they had several children. You understand? Normally, when it becomes all those type of incest is sinful before God. It's sinful before God, like it or not. But this one they were procreating. But, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll beg, I'll, 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 I will not agree with incest because it's this thing. Because if we are saying incest is not acceptable by God, then how did Adam and Eve that, procreate? That's, that's, that's the, that, allow me, allow me get Or how did, allow, Noah, allow, how did Noah, how did Noah, Noah and I understand, father. I understand. So, I understand. Incest, incest was great. It was great, you yeah, understand. Uh, it was something that was practiced very, very well, you understand. Come New Testament and the book of Matthew now. It as if the Christianity, like the was it called? The Christianity that they were doing in that in from what's it called from Genesis to Deuteronomy and the rest was quite different from the one that they were doing in the New Testament. Because the New Testament talked about talked about the birth of Christ. You understand? And that was basically what gave Christianity the new look. And that's where the name Christian even came from. You understand? You explained something at the beginning that what was it called? That when Paul was like the was part of the main Christians, the ones that formed from the laws of Moses, the ones that practiced the law of Moses, and the ones that came into that little later, when him being a basic practice of the law of Moses, he saw the need to enforce it on people because if you blaspheme towards this law of Moses, because this is the Christian law that we know, this is the God Yahweh that we know from day one, and all of a sudden you're telling me that Yahweh is, has another son, you understand? He saw the need to practice and he saw the need to, you understand, showing that. The Christianity or the God, the Christianity in this one was different from the Christianity in this one. In that famous Christianity, what was it called? How do I how do I put it? In the first I don't know how correct am I, but in the first testament, you understand. There's old testament, sorry. There are some certain things that you will do that they will tell you, don't say it or you want God to strike you down. Then you understand. If you say this in God will strike you down. Because do not say this about God, do not do this because divine punishment will come. And the human beings, they were very, very, or the people in the Bible, they were very, very cautious in this type of things when it came, you understand. And they didn't tolerate sin of any form during that time because if you do anyhow, you see anyhow practically. That's how it was. But coming forward now, you're looking at Jesus Christ coming into Matthew, preaching forgiveness. You understand? Back then, you're seeing people like Stephen being stoned to death. But you see Jesus Christ 
They wanted to stone the woman that committed adultery to stop that from happening. You understand? But, but I will stop you there again. That is not a biblical scripture. It was a redundancy. <laughs> it was added to the Bible later by early church fathers. And when you read King James Version, you will see a footnote that tells you that these were later scriptures that were added. And it was not actually attributed to Jesus. It was just a story that went around. Okay, okay, okay. So, thanks, thanks, so, thanks for yeah, the correction. So but like it or not, the Old Testament preached forgiveness and the Old Testament preached grace. And even to this very moment, the people will tell you, Christians will tell you that we need time of grace. That if it was during that time, all these things that would be happening now. The way God brought his divine punishment on someone like Sodom and Gomorrah for their crimes, for their so-called crimes. That is the same way God would have bring his what is it called his punishment on everybody. But based on Jesus has already died for our sins. You understand? Means that that was God no longer there, that God can no longer show his anger because his son has already sacrificed himself for us, or he has sacrificed himself for the human race. You understand? What I'm trying to say that personally speaking, the way I'm seeing things is as if Christian just go, they, like the brand just got changed <laughs> from the New Testament. The brand just got changed from, from the New Testament. You understand? It's just like saying that oh, well, this was it called. This speaker is not good or this mic is not good. Okay, let's go to another new di- uh, dimension. Let's add a few modifications to it. And that's what made it perfect. You understand? Christians still believe in the same God that Yahweh, the, yeah, the, the Jews. Jews believe in. You understand? Believe in the same God that the Pharisees believe in. Same thing, you understand? But the only difference between the Christian and those other people and the religion, the practice is that the belief in Christ, the belief of Jesus Christ being in existence, that is the only difference, you understand? Because the thing is that with those other, with, with Paul's religion now, with what the religion that, that Saul used to practice, just cut out that New Testament and throw away. That is facts. Just cut out the New Testament and tree where just keep living with the laws of Moses. And the laws of Moses were not necessarily conducive <laughs> for humans. Excuse me. Not really conducive for humans. Because with the belief, and if you actually believe the Bible, with the belief that if we actually continue living with the laws of Moses and it was the same God that we had and Jesus did not die for our sins, normally if we do anyhow, we'll see anyhow. That was basic. That's supposed to be the basic belief but hence jesus coming in and dying for our sins that means hence him changing everything and that is you believing in jesus coming in if you don't believe in jesus coming in that means you're still supposed to be abiding by the laws of moses and the laws that's happening back then that means you're still supposed to be abiding by the laws that if you mess up you should be flogged or you should be stoned or something you understand that is that is just the thing you understand have you guys heard of gnosticism or there are different sect of christianity See, I, I, for one, I said there are 38,000 denominations in Christianity. It's a problematic religion. Like, fuck, just scrap it. Like, why will you say, okay, there's one true God, and they're like, oh, there are three religions that I'm branched off it. That's Judaism, Islam, Islam, and Christianity. Then after the three religions branch off, then each religion will have its own denominations again. Like, fuck, God. Get it right once. Just like tell them. Dude, dude, just, bo- bo- just, bo- bo- wait, bo- just tell them that okay, I am God. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I think. Good have good have You guys should follow Jesus. Yeah, God. Is is that <laughs> is that simple? Because 
That like that is what I would expect. But then it is what you expect when it's a man-made thing. Thirty-eight thousand. If it was a one-god thing, definitely you just have one, one thing. So my own thing is in all your take about Jesus and the uh, Judaism and stuff. It's just very simple. The if the Christian God was different from the Judaist God, it would not have been as problematic as it is currently because you have one violent i never forget i reign the sins of the father until the third third generation i i do this thing i cause i do this thing. I'm, i'm a god of vengeance i'm a jealous god i'm this one i'm that one then you're not having the new testament oh i'm the god of love oh i forgive oh no i do this thing oh i i'm, I'm merciful like you just have two different guys here and it's problematic because this one is like i visit with rot and do this thing and he's so obsessed with infantize infantilization like he just kills kids like he just loves kids. <laughs> kids. kids no i'm very serious when you look at it he just like oh the egyptians oh your firstborns die like fam that was that was bad enough you did that you told uh, um Saul Saul go into the the Amalekites kill them the men the women the children the animals the cattle the camels kill everything like you like but god waiting camel do you you get and then you look at it and then he he even threatens the Israelites at the time he said he will make them eat their own children and stuff that he's so obsessed with um that that part i think that was in kings or chronicles old testament true or false yeah that's that's what i'm saying the old testament guy the new testament guy they're two different guys their characters except he was bipolar because <laughs> the characters were two different i was asking people. for this i was asking for <laughs> because because they're two different guys this guy is out here threatening people anyhow he's just <laughs> he's just like i will make your crops not grow and you will suffer yeah like he, he's, so, he's so he's so he's so dramatic and he's any small thing you worshiped idols therefore i will make you suffer we take you to your enemies we control your children will be slaves to your enemies and then in the testament is like well i love you guys so much you know no matter what you guys do i'll always forgive you i'm always here for you if i you don't even need to walk you don't even need it's just grace i'm just going to give you guys grace love love and peace yeah that's what he started doing in the new testament so if these guys were not separated if the christians came and said okay our god is different too we found another guy that one was yahweh our own is another guy okay yeah, yeah, like jesus was yeshua oh yeshua came to come and tell us that okay this guy that we're serving before was because if you read the gospel of judas you will see something like that in the gospel of judas they talk about sacras the creator of this world that we're living in and it says sacras was the god of the old testament who was drunk with blood and he liked blood and violence and that jesus was the was and sacras was called a demigod and jesus was from the main god himself and so he came because he said When he was talking to the Pharisees and this thing, he said, "You do not know my father." That's what he kept telling them. He always kept telling them, "My father, you do not know my father. You think you know my father, but you do not know him." So he said. So those guys came up with the concept that, oh, he was telling these guys that these guys are serving someone else. You guys don't know, and they came up with the concept that, oh, he died because that guy loves blood. 
but human beings blood was not enough for him so he kept on shedding it but with a divine blood like that it will cover up for all what he wanted on the earth and then man did not need to have endless suffering again so that was their own concept there are people those kind of christians if i meet those kind of people i can agree with them to a point because it makes it's rational that these guys they have different characters because in the because because you because you believe god is unchanging he's unwavering he, he, he knows the end from the beginning. So if you knew the end from the beginning, that you're going to send your son two thousand years later yeah, to die. Then why just like you just why just get it right to once? In fact, you didn't even need to create Adam because you knew you were going to destroy them and you're going to make Noah to now start. Just start with Noah. It was that simple. Okay, okay, okay. This is crazy. But the thing is that it will tell you that when God created mankind, you understand. He created my kind of the mind. You understand? To do the right thing from the wrong door. I don't know how to describe this in the Bible. You understand? Mm. God had hope on mankind to be. But hope shouldn't be something a God should have. Certainty. Certainty. Is what he should have. But the thing is that at the same time, there's a difference between a human being and an animal. Mm. God created that animal in the sense that if a lion sees something, you pray. But a lion is a natural predator. If you see something that's a prey, but but jumped, but he jumped. wasn't a prey from the beginning. If you read if the Bible, you, uh, that's what, that's that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm, I'm trying to give you an example. You understand? Okay. That's the difference between human beings and this. Human beings were created with mind that okay, if bad as bad, I'm putting you in this position. You understand? And I am giving you an instruction. You understand? The fact is, what most people fail to understand what's about Christianity from. They get God's obedience. That's just it. Obedience. If he says you should move right, move right. If he says you should move left, move left. You understand? Hence why that power drunk part comes in. You understand? All omnipotent and all controlling God. You understand? That could tend to control everything around him, including his creation. But the fact is, Christianity will give this as a privilege that you see this life you're enjoying. You understand? He gave it to you. You understand? He gave it to you and he can take it whenever he wants, however he likes. Because he is the one that created it. You understand? Nobody did tell him what to do. He created it. He, that's why they tell you he gives and he takes. You understand? So, at the same time, that he gives and he takes, in as much as they will tell you that he gives and he takes is something that we used to control. He's given and he takes the fact that he can shed any amount of blood he likes in this life. He gave you that life and he's gonna take you back. You understand? That means it doesn't matter the amount of blood that he sheds. You understand? As long as you understand he died, as long as what's it called? He wants to take that life from you. He takes that life from you. You understand? That is the that, that is the thing. So Adam and Eve were given what's it called? A free mind, you understand? To like be what they want to be. And the thing is that. The Bible will tell you whether I will. I don't know if it was a bet between God and between between God and Satan <laughs> that actually caused the Garden of Eden yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. You you understand? Because yeah. personally, as as God, you said that God already knew you they were naked before God even asked yeah. you, "Why are you hiding?" Yeah, you understand? Yeah, you already knew they were naked. Already knew what was happening. You understand? So why still ask that type of question to them? Because he wanted to know. What was happening? He wanted to see how mankind would react. You understand? So, like it or not, human beings were given their own issue for free will. 
you understand and we chose wrong from the Christian aspect, human guys were given their own issue for Pharaoh and they chose wrong. Hence why the Adam and Eve situation. Yes, and that's my answer to that Adam and Eve question. And my answer to the original question is was how do I put it? If you read the old parts of the Old Testament, the only parts of the Old Testament was as if all hell broke loose. You understand? All hell broke loose. Like the things were really, really steady. You understand? I don't even know how to explain it, but I don't know what God gave God that stability to bring Jesus Christ in order to like quench everything. You understand what I'm trying to say? You understand? Because from the get-go, he has always been I'm a jealous God. I'm a vengeful God. You understand? But all of a sudden, in John 3, 16, you're telling me how much you love the world. You understand? To the point that you're going to give us your own son. You understand to die for to die for us you understand hence why those people that said that okay there's a different god from the god in the old testament is different yahweh are the one that's why it is it makes perfect sense you understand like perfect sense because it is easier to believe you understand it is very very easy to believe but at the same time i don't even i don't know how do i even put it but at the same time was he trying to hold on to the fact that it's the same God because it's the same God that Moses and everybody was praying to was the same God that they were praying before praying to before the birth of Jesus and it was the same God that we already heard about angels in the Old Testament and it's the same angel that we're hearing about during the time of Yahweh in the Old Testament that appeared in the New Testament to Mary before she gave birth to Jesus and so I have the belief that it's the same God Yahweh from the Old Testament, the God of Moses, that had the change of hearts <laughs> or something to give us his son instead of the normal killings that or the normal or give us his son and the grace of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be what we are today. So that's my own understanding of it. Okay, so I'm going to like say the last my last uh, statement, make my last statement before we conclude. So I, w- I still have problems with these explanations because, <laughs> but no, to be honest, from a logical standpoint, I'm looking at even if you say, oh, he was trying to look at what man would do, he said from the beginning, I know the end. So he knew at so, so, so time of this day, the snake will go to Eve. Eve cannot, if we take the, the forbidden fruit, eat it, give it to her husband. He knew before he even created, before he even said, let there be light, he already knew that these things would take place. Hence, there was no excuse for, oh, he just wanted to see. No, you can't say, oh, I, if I throw this phone on the wall, the phone is going to break. And then I throw it in and I get angry. Why did this phone break? But I knew before I threw it that it's going to break. So there's no excuse for mine. I can't. I don't have the right to be angry when I know the outcome of me hitting my phone on the wall. Secondly, the the issue of free will that people bring up every time. I've I've had arguments with Christians that they bring up this free will, and I'm feeling like this free will is kind of crazy because there are two things: Christians purport free will. Some Christians still purport determinism. I don't want to explore the philosophical concept of these two things, but 
determinism just says that whatever is going to be is going to be no matter the no matter what happens i think you guys who believe in destiny you understand that oh no matter what my destiny be this who god don't make go blow go blow that's that's like determinism that no matter the out no matter the process the result is going to be the same two times two four two plus two four that's determinism it's going to happen now free will says you can your actions can change a certain thing so it depends on what you do but i used to tell people there's nothing there's no such thing as free will because free will is for you to do you can choose what you want to do but you can't choose what you want you can choose what you do you can't choose what you want can you choose to not want to drink water when you want to drink water you have to drink water you're thirsty you can't choose not to be thirsty you can't choose not to be hungry so free will dies on instant when people drop it to me i'm just like okay let me just give you the simple concept because i don't like getting too deep into it that is one aspect second aspect even still on the free will issue adam and eve couldn't have free will they were babies they were new creations they don't have experience like we have experience our parents teaches us teach us wrong right teach us morality beat us scold us when we are wrong try to guide us so when we now make mistakes as um adults or so then they cannot hold us uh, culpable for our crimes and be like but you should know what is right you should know what is wrong that's why underage kids are not taken to prison because they are not up to the age of accountability because they are kids so Adam and Eve, even if they were grown up, full grown, they were the first, they were kids. And they didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. After all, it was after they ate, that's when they knew what was good and what was evil. So they didn't know disobeying God is evil. So that argument still falls down flat. Then coming again, they said, and the serpent, the wisest of all creatures. He kept the wisest of all creatures with two toddlers in a place. And you expected them to outsmart the wisest. It was not going to be possible. It was an impossible task for well, them to overcome. He created man his own image, but the Bible says the wisest. Well, me said you know what? The wise, eh? Me say God is no, no. He said, he said, he said the wisest of all creatures. Before you don't say the wisest of the creators. Okay. Because the wisest of creatures. So I mean, what they has created, that was the wisest of them. Okay. And then you now drop the wisest of them. We thought that who do not know the difference between good and evil because they do not know the difference between good and evil till they ate it. Well, they were given a specific instruction. Which they did not know where. Because you give me an instruction, you give a child an instruction, a two year old, don't touch that pot. Two year old will touch it. (laughs) It's just life. There's no way they can know. That oh disobeying disobeying my mom or dad is bad at that age they are not accountable they don't know so keeping them in that place is a setup keeping a tree within their reach keep it on the mountain why keep it in a place where they can have access to it it's like temptation it's like putting a naked woman with a guy who has strong porn addictions and you're telling him do not look at that woman he's going to look. <laughs> Even if you blindfold him, my Baba would tear the blindfolds off and look. So you don't put those kind of temptations. It's it's kind of a setup. It's a setup. So that that is one aspect. The last part I'm going to talk about is I'm just saying 
Christianity messes up people's mental health. I'm not going to lie. Because having to constantly be told, you are, you don't deserve love, but God gave you love. You don't deserve goodness. You don't deserve life. You don't deserve any good thing. You are a sinner. You are a pervert. You are a, this thing. You are unbelievable. God, merciful to you. It's psychologically damaging to people. I'm not like, the folk will like want to go to a congregation every day where they just constantly remind me how useless I am but for the love of God. Like, like fam, I think I would rather be in a motivational group where they are telling me, you can do it, you are, you are great, you are big, you deserve all the love than for me to be in a place where they told me you do not deserve it and they always sing it to themselves, reassure themselves. That's why they keep, keep themselves in this state of dependency that they depend on that thing that's why when people say oh i depend on god you will not understand like you make yourself depend because you constantly it's like self-affirmation go go to the mirror every morning and tell yourself i don't deserve it i like and sing all those songs to yourself you will start having low self-esteem it's how it works you don't go to the mirror every morning and say i'm a failure i cannot make it i will be broke you can't go to the mirror and be doing that you are killing yourself and your brain registers it and before you know you start having self low self-esteem but this is the kind of practice that is glorified in a worship center where you go and you constantly tell yourself i don't deserve it but you died for me and all that shit it's crazy finally finally there is a for me to believe even if you tell me oh jesus came he did this it's all story and i'll take it as a story I will take it that Superman is a character in a book. Spider-Man is a character in a book. Jesus Christ is a character in a book. He hasn't been proven to be real. And even if it was proven to be, because if you read the uh, Richard Carrier, the historicity of Jesus Christ, you can read the book on where historians are trying to place him if he actually was a real person. If, even if you can establish that, okay, yeah, he was actually a real person, it's another thing to now place that he walked on water. He turned water to wine. He raised the dead. He resurrected. That's another crazy thing to do. So that's what I have to say. I think we will do some other stuff. So in time to come about religion, because it's a niche, it's a very, it's a thing I, I love talking about. I debate a lot. <laughs> I debate a lot. Don't, don't mind if I make fun of you. I'm just, I'm just that kind of guy. I make fun about everything. Even if someone's father dies to the guy, I cannot make fun of it. I'm very sorry. That's just me. So Remy, do you have anything to say before well, we like... The fact is, today I tried to make as much sense as I could, but without the necessary evidence as a human being, it's very, very hard for you to like make sense. In the sense that when you're in a courtroom and when you're being prosecuted, it's up to your lawyer for your lawyer to bring as much evidence to prove behind Beyond reasonable doubts yeah. that Omar, you are you are what's it called, you're innocent, you understand? But if your lawyer walks up to the courtroom and be like, Your Honor, my client is innocent. You just have to believe me. You just have to believe me. <laughs> have faith. <laughs> faith is a virtue. You understand? Have faith that my client is innocent. You understand? Did you have like Kobe this one? <laughs> Get out of here, you understand? You lose the case instantly and you be a terrible lawyer, you understand? But that's the thing with faith, you understand? People have been believing for millions of years without actually having a practical, what's it called, reason. 
or without you seeing logical reasons because Christianity goes up beyond every form of logic. You understand? Go every form of logic. So that's understandable, basically. So what I'm trying to say is, if you want to believe, it's fine. If you don't want to believe, it's perfectly on you too. So just, just be a good person, please. Don't dream about God. So that's all. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This is the TWSTA podcast. You can follow me on Twitter on TWSTA. That's the Twister podcast. And you can, if you want us to talk about anything or what have you, if you have reviews or comments you can make, you can um, reach me on my number 80 And I'm done for today, but we'll meet another time. Probably in heaven also singing hallelujah. The angels on the piano. <laughs> <Good also. answer. laughs>